AM 570. An L.A. sports icon. Fred Rogan is here tonight. Decades on your television covering Los Angeles sports. Fred Rogan, huge in Los Angeles. The Dean. I'm the Dean. Fred Rogan. Weekdays before Petros and Money. A USC All-American. USC's Rodney Peterson. An NFL quarterback. Absolutely perfectly delivered by Rodney Rodney Peterson. Available on the iHeartRadio app or on am570lasports.com. This is Rogan and Rodney. And we continue on Fred Rogan and Rodney P on AM570 LA Sports. Uh, next hour, we are going to get into uh, the NFL. Vinny Bonsignor will join us. But Rodney, I've got the numbers. And you tell me if this surprises you. Just for Los Angeles. All right, just for LA. And oftentimes, the television numbers are an indication of interest in a team in the marketplace. So the Rams played Sunday night on NBC. The Raiders last night on both ABC, you could see it on broadcast television, Mm -hmm. and cable ESPN. So I combined those two numbers together. Who did better? The Raiders. Incorrect. The Rams. Correct. (laughs) Uh, And I mean by a nose. Mm -hmm. By a just, it was very, very close. But the Rams did do a better number than the Raiders did. Yeah, I, I actually I'm not surprised by that. Um, even though I said the Raiders, I'm not surprised. But I, I think the hype leading up to the Rams and Stafford being at the Rams, everybody was intrigued at what that was going to look like. Um, so that 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 got everybody excited. And then I think you got to also throw in there. There's a lot of Bear fans around the country, especially in California. Just like there are a lot of Eagles fans. Rams play the Eagles. It would have been a big number too because there's a lot of Eagle fans in in, in town. Uh, but I'm not I'm not shocked by it. Um, I, I, I I I was assuming both of them did pretty good. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Um, but I was maybe just a little surprised that the Rams nudged them. But I'm telling you, it was really close. It was mm-hmm. nearly a dead heat. Yeah. But that does show the interest in the Raiders still in Los Angeles. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, but the and and the visuals were great too, right? The the stadium, the way it was rocking and 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 it is again, it's the Raiders and and again they're they're it's it's that year where people are expecting the Raiders to take that bump, but even still, it's still LA is still Raider town. And people will tune in to watch the Raiders. I'll tell you what else is a Raider town Las Vegas. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I was there recently and it is everything's silver and black. I told you this. The the Sphinx at the Luxor Hotel, right. yeah, got the eye patch over it. Yeah. Um. So it's it's definitely they they have they have welcomed that team. They've been looking and you know and frankly the the Golden Knights kill it there too. Yeah. And as soon as NBA gets there, they're going to kill it too. Yeah. I you know Vegas. It's interesting. They didn't want to put a team there for years. Yeah. Because of the gambling aspect. Well, the world has changed, right. and now everybody's going to be a part of that. Everybody's going to get their cut of gambling. Yeah. So all of a sudden, Vegas is a a pretty good destination. Also, as the country has changed over the years, Vegas is a place people are moving. Another reason you don't put a team in a city is because you don't think you'll get the fan support. Right. But Vegas always, with all the entertainment of the hotels, you know there will be a lot of money spent corporately on suites, oh, that's, yeah. sponsorship. That was done in 30 seconds Yeah, the hotels there. So all of a sudden, the Raiders moved to Vegas, and it's like, wow, they're printing money. Yeah. The money they could never print in Oakland. Right. And Mark Davis, a guy 
who has money but certainly is not wealthy like many of the NFL owners today, was in jeopardy of losing a franchise. Yeah. Because he just couldn't spend the money. Now he's got money. Yeah. And, and he's we'll got have it. Yeah. Yeah, that that is a and and very, again with with the proximity to L.A. makes it like a L.A. home game for a lot of fans that are Raider fans. Oh yeah, if you can get a ticket now. Yeah, absolutely. And as you point out, the Golden Knights. I didn't think hockey would do well there. Yeah. Because it doesn't do well in Phoenix. Right. It usually doesn't do well in Sun Belt states. Yeah. But it kills there, and I believe that. The franchise you'll really want to own there, aside from the Raiders, yeah. is the NBA. Is the NBA. That's NBA. the one. Oh, yeah. That's the one. Because it would, first of all, the NBA is already there, right, with summer leagues and all the things that they do there. But, you know, it is the basketball, the the hype, the, all the, the, the lot, you know, more games, all those things that you're going to get that corporate sponsorship for. And all the casinos are going to have the suites, so you're not going to have problems selling out. And and again, people are moving there from all over the country. So right. much like a lot of it, like Phoenix was 20 years ago, or you know, you got fans from the East Coast live there now. Same thing is happening with Vegas and Nashville. Yeah, right, right. You know, they have the Titans. They would be a very good market as yeah. well because it's all the places that people are moving. Yeah, right. No state tax. You want right. to be there. So it, it's a better cost of living. People are moving to certain areas, and those are really uh, very fruitful cities for for professional franchises. And last night, the Raiders could not have, well, put on a better show, I would say, or yeah. at least the way it played out for right. the fan base there in that stadium for the first time. You remember Mark Davis said last year, if everybody can't come in, nobody's coming in. Right, and he stood by his word. Yeah, and I, I, I got to tell you. You got to get him a better haircut. Well, it's that and those stonewashed jeans. And by the way, if you know Mark Davis, he is one of the nicest guys you will he ever, really is. ever yeah. meet. No, he really is. He's just a great guy. Really down to earth. Very kind. But I looked at him and I went, what What? What are you doing? What are you, with the white jacket with the stone jeans? It was he, like, he owns it now. He owns it now. He's heard enough of the criticism over the years. Now now he he, he owns it. I think he plays into it even more with the, the fresh haircut that he keeps and doesn't change. And then, like you said, the, the white and the stone stonewashed jeans. I, I think so. Look, his his dad was notorious for wearing the, the, the sweatsuits. Yep. Right? And, and so had his look. Now Mark is developing his own and – He's got his own look now. Did you see that house he's building? I did not. It looks like an airport terminal. It doesn't even yeah. look like a house. It mm. is one of the strangest things I've ever seen. It's like a mm. he's going to live in the Raider house. And it looks like a terminal. I see a at reality ser- series coming out of that it, it, the Raider house. I, I, Rodney, when we get in the break, look it up online. Yeah. The house that Mark Davis is building, it doesn't even look like a house. I don't even know who designed that thing. It is so odd looking. You you think the Mark runway Davis is behind. designed it. Yeah. Well, you think there's a runway and the plane's going to land. You're going to get out and go into well, the terminal. Vegas. It might be. It, yep. Might you house know. the Raider plane. Might house the Raider plane. Yeah. And as for the game last night, back and forth it went. Uh, what do you think of Carr at quarterback for the Raiders? I like him. I do. I, I, I do. I, I like him. I think he's resilient. I think he... Uh, um, he's not always had the the best team around him. Um, 
But I think he gets a bad rap because he can make every play and every throw. He's tough. He's got a little dog in him, too. I I, I like him. I really do. Well, but it doesn't look like he has a lot of zip on the ball when he throws. Oh, he does. Trust me, he does. I would argue he had too much zip on that uh, one ball. That, that one, was an yeah. interception, yeah. He has yeah. a strong no, arm. He has a yeah. he has a above average arm, and you know it always because <laughs> Colin always says this. It's such a it's the worst thing you can say. It doesn't mean make sense. He says, "Oh, he doesn't have a big arm. He doesn't a big arm guy. Not a, you know me big arm guys that don't ever play. <laughs> Get up. It's not about a big arm. It's about anticipation. It's about location. It's about accuracy. It doesn't matter a big arm." Um, but but yeah no he is uh, he can play the position he can play the position and now that they're starting to put some things or you know have some things around him um, if they hang in there with him I think he'll 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 take them far well and as I guess only can happen in Vegas uh, it looked like the Raiders had won the game and people stormed the field and everybody was celebrating and then you hear the referee you can hear him. On the microphone. They don't mm-hmm. show him because they're showing all this craziness and the right. celebration. And you hear the referee and I, yelling, the game is not over. Right. The game is not over. Right. They review So you're it. saying that Caesars and MGM called and said, hold on. <laughs> yeah. hold, hold, hold on now. Right. The game is not over the, yet. The game was not over. No. And the game was not over. Clearly. Yeah. And then uh, it could have gone either way. Then they went, yeah. Then their hearts went in their stomachs because they couldn't score from the one inch line. End up throwing the interception, right? And then they get it back from Baltimore. So it ended up being great. It was a great game to watch, especially down the stretch. And what about John Gruden? When you watch him on the sideline, I don't know if he's smiling, if he's miserable. He's both. You played for. He's him. both. He's both. He's miserable and happy at the, at the same time. If that's possible, I only I, only he can be that. Guy, because he is, and and you know, let's face it, the guys that know him, a lot of it is 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 uh is his act now. A lot of it is is the act because he knows he's on camera. You know, he's been he's behind behind the scene. He knows he knows the love he's gotten for being Chucky and all those things. He he's fully fully aware. Don't get me wrong, he's he coaches ass off. He's a great coach, but he's fully aware of the persona of John Gruden and Chucky and the snarls and all those things. He's fully aware of it. But since you played for him, what's he really like? Oh, he's a good guy, but he is a he's he is a genuine workaholic. Like he is one of those guys that you 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 got to you got to pull him off the projector or the film room because he'll stay there 24/7. He's that kind of guy. But he's uh He's a friendly coach. He's a he's a player friendly coach. So it doesn't seem like that because he he does have that snarl and he's constantly yelling. But it's like your brother yelling at you, right? It's like your family member yelling at you. It's done with love, I should say, Fred. All right, and you've had it both ways. Oh yeah, when it's done with love and without love, absolutely. And you can tell the difference. Yes. Uh, given what you saw last night, and it's one game, and it wasn't easy for him, and Baltimore basically had no running backs, and how about a shout out just to Lamar Jackson? Oh yeah, he, he was turned the, the ball over back. a couple times. But yeah, boy, he, he hates himself at the end because he he did turn it over at the end. Um, but yeah, resilient. You know, uh, he is he is fun to watch. He is must watch TV. Yeah, I, he is so fast. Yeah, yeah, and he can do it all. I mean, people criticize him for his, you know, 
passing game and throwing the ball and everything, but from what I've seen, he's grown and gotten better every single year, and he's a weapon in the pocket, outside the pocket. He made some throws last night inside the pocket that people didn't think he could make, and and so, um, but he is so dangerous. And to your point, not having, you know, not having guys. One of the the guys that played most, the running back played most of the game. I think they just signed him like a week ago. So they had real issues with COVID and injuries and all those things. So. Uh, for them to come out and make a game of it in, in Las Vegas was good, but they're still going to be right there at the end. Okay, well, they'll be there at the end. What do you think about the Raiders now? You've seen one game. I think they're going to be good. They, they they still have some challenges, I think. Um, it's going to be interesting when they play Kansas City and, and, and how their defense and defensive backs are going to hold up against Kansas City and their speed, But uh, and Chargers are going to give them fits. You know, they had some some issues, uh, you know, with some of their their receiving core. I mean, they've got the great tight end and Waller, but receiving-wise, I don't think Ruggs has come along as much as they want him to, although he made some big catches, and, and now he's starting to get there. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how they match up against the Charger defense, and then obviously having to play Kansas City twice. They're in a tough division to, to treat really try to win that. Hey, maybe they found a pass rush. They got to Lamar yeah, a few times last they night. They did. That was, you know, did. No, longer, no longer a joke for John Gruden talking about the pass rush. It only took him four years, but he finally <laughs> figured it out maybe, huh? Yeah, he figured it out. Yeah, I lost that guy in Chicago. That's where it went. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, the defense looked good. I, I just, I, up front at least, the front seven Up front, good. for yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah, the back end I'm a little worried about still. Well, one game down, week one of the NFL season complete. Vinny Bonsignor is going to join us next hour. We'll get more into that. When we come back, we'll uh, welcome Ned Colletti to the show. Talk in the city from a man who lived it. And Fred. Are you optimistic about the way that things are going? Oh, yeah. Talk to him. Yeah. Come on, Fred. Come on, Freddy. I know. You know. You know what time it is. Oh, I know what time it is. When it's time to function. Yeah. As a feeling. Yeah, Freddy. Time to bring him on. Bring him on. The man in the big chair. Our buddy Ned Coletti. Ned, how are you? All right, gentlemen. Are you optimistic about the way that things are going? You're optimistic. Always. Okay. Oh. Well, what's with the Giants? Well, first, let's start with this. What's with the Padres? God, is there a more epic fail of any team you've seen in, in the, the past few years? You know, you don't win. You don't win playoffs. You don't get to the playoffs in the offseason. You got to survive six months of strong baseball and, and be able to do it in order to get there. And, hey, if the season ended a month ago, hey, they might be right there. But... They're not playing 120 this year, or 100 or 60, playing out the full string. Not enough. Just not enough pitching. You can't pitch like I say. You can't win. They uh, the season has been way too long for San Diego. Hey, Ned, what do you do in that situation? You're, you've been in that chair. What do you do if you go all in like they 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 tried to do or did and tried to do because they didn't. I mean, obviously didn't get Scherzer and Turner, but but go all in and it turns out to be a season like this well you have to be really realistic with where your club is at now they've they've had they got some young players coming and they've had uh some injuries to their pitching staff and guys that really didn't have a chance to really do much of anything this season 
you've got to be realistic with it and you've got to have your, your inner circle of people. You trust people that will, 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 um, question, um, this, you know, not, not your decision so much as really question where you're at. So you can see through all different windows to really realistically figure out where you're at. And, uh, you know, they, they've got a young club basically, but they, uh, you know, they were not built to, to last the six months, especially with the injuries they've had that are pitching staff. Other teams have had them. Look at the Dodgers. Dodgers have had a ton of injuries. They still, they still continue to play hard and, and, and compete on a daily basis. But you, you got to be honest with it to figure out how you really adjust in the, in the months to come in the offseason. And as for the Giants, they just keep winning. I mean, now, now it's uh, actually shocking. I mean, they just uh, keep shocking. winning. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought they would have faltered by now, Ned. Well, you know what? They've, uh, they've done great. We've talked about it off and on all season long. You know, they've, um, they're a very tight-knit group. I talk to the people all over the place every week, and, um, you know, their players have really bonded together with a very large coaching staff. I think they've got 13 coaches on their, mm. their staff, many of whom never played in the big leagues. And, but they've, they trust each other. Uh, they've got a, a good thing going on right now, but again, can you, you know, can you pitch? Can you, can you have three or four strong starters to get you through a postseason series? It remains to be seen. I, I, I think you know what? There's a, there's obviously a decent chance you're going to win a division. That's nice, but you know, unless you're just trying to win a division, and that's that's enough for you. You know, Dodgers aren't that club just trying to win a division. So we'll see. I think a, a matchup with San Francisco in the postseason, no matter who wins the West, and no matter who's a wild card entry, I I, I still love the Dodgers. I, I love their pitching, and I love the way they go about what they do. They're going to be tough to beat. I think no matter if they're a wild card or if they're a division champion, the way they pitch and the way the bullpens come together, and and the offense is a strong crew. Be focused in even more. I, there's no team I think has got a better chance than they do. No, I, I agree. I agree. And I think it, was, it could be evident in the series they just played with, with San Francisco, and Scherzer didn't even pitch in that one. Um, I, Ned, but that, but that being said, aren't you a little nervous? I know Dodger fans are that if it does stay the way it is, got to face a one-game situation where anybody could be lights out for one game. Yeah, that's you know that's that's the trap door to not winning the division. But I think you know you, you have to. Have, I, I've got a, a ton of confidence and faith in this group. I just watch how they play all the time, and yeah, they're going to have missteps and they're going to lose games. And they lost that Sunday night game in San Francisco, probably a important game thus far in the, the 162 game race. But I watch how they play, and you watch how they pitch, and they are about. And everybody can make a mistake, but in in big games and in crucial situations and turning points of games, there's always a handful of turning points in every game you watch. They rarely make a mistake. Their starting pitching is so good, and they can another team can match them for a while. But I, I see rarely do I see anybody else's starting pitching be able to match them all the way through or bullpen match them all the way through. Because if you make a mistake against the Dodgers lineup, most of the time, especially in a crucial game, they will cash that in on. And they're just they and the one-on-one battles that happen all the time in baseball. Even though you see 
nine people on the field at one time playing against one hitter, so to speak. The one-on-ones, I think they they dominate. They dominate those situations. So, yeah, one game, it's a little bit tough, a little bit precarious because, yeah, something crazy can happen in one game. But, again, it's you look at really – you know, who are they going to start in one game compared to some other team who they're going to start in one game? Whoever the opposition is starting isn't going to be as good as the Dodgers are going to start. There's no way. So you've got that advantage, and you've also got the confidence of knowing you know how to win and that you have one. And the players they added, Trey, uh, Trey Turner and, and Scherzer, you know, it's not like they're trying to prove they, they need to show you how, you know, that they know how to win. You know they know how to win. They got rings from 19, 2019. So. Uh, I just I think they're in a in a terrific spot, and I think they they're just fine tuning it as they go here, and, and you know, still with an outstanding chance to win a division. Uh, Clayton Kershaw back last night. What'd you think? I thought it was great to see him back, and I thought he pitched really well. I think um, uh, you know I can tell a lot by his interviews and just the body language of where he's at, and uh, I felt good going in the last night for for him and for the Dodgers that. Hey, he, he was feeling good. He did have that confidence, had a little smile to him. Uh, and I think that that's a, that's a good sign because when he's not, when he's not feeling right or something's a little bit off, I mean, it's, to me, it's, you know, I've known him 15, 16 years. It, it's very apparent, but I think he's going to build himself up. I think by the time they get three more starts in until October, you're going to have a, you're going to have four guys that are all capable of six, seven high quality ultra high quality innings. So he's the fourth starter. Probably, but I guess, you know, you don't, you know, a lot of people like to, you know, to number people out. I don't, I don't really do that. I think you look at it differently. You look at matchups and there's some guys in that bullpen that have pitched out of the pen in different situations. So you kind of map that scenario out too. whoever you start in game one could probably come back and maybe give you an inning or an out or whatever. Uh, in game three. So how do you want to set it up that way? Some guys can pitch out of the pen and can do it fairly easily with adjustment. And some guys would struggle with it. But I think in, in today's game, I think you really got to look at a lot of different ways to, to set up your rotation. Some of it's matchup and some of it is rest to see who could come back and help you. I think that uh, when you get to the postseason, it's all about buying out, so to speak. You've got to you've got to obviously get some some guys. You've got to get different outs at different times that are are key to being successful with it. How you get them? You got to have versatility to do it. They've got that, and they've got some starting pitching that I think you could you could use late. You could use late to get you through an inning. We saw it last year with, with Julio and both the NLCS and the World Series closing on both outs, so you know he can do it. I think they got some other guys too. They got a chance to win something. I think you'll see. All sorts of guys getting ready in that eighth, ninth inning, tenth inning, eleventh inning, whatever the situation may be, that are going to bring uh, a tough at bat for anybody. Hey, speaking of Julio, Ned, why didn't Julio get the love that some of the other guys get? No, no offense to anyone else, but but Julio, you know, they once said he, he leads the league and wins, but but his ERA was over three, so he can't because now his ERA is under three. Um, Still got the most wins. I, I just why why isn't he getting the kind of love I guess nationally than than, than I think he should. Well, yeah, I think it's a great point. I mean, he has been terrific, and you know everybody. Some of the other guys have got power stuff. You know, Walker power stuff, Max power stuff. Uh, you know, Julio 
is he's got power stuff, but not not necessarily to the extent that that they do. But as far as knowing how to pitch and being able to to get through traffic or to get through situations, yeah, he's as good as anybody. I think when you are, are on a team that is as uh, dominant as this team is, especially with their starting pitching, yeah, people are going to rank them. People are going to get excited, certainly about Max. Not, not to be excited about the way he's pitched and the, the career he had before he's before he got here, and then you got Walker that is, you know, had lost two games for the first what four months of the season. So a lot of competition inside that staff to, to, for recognition and things like that. But if this was a different place in time. And and Julio had this type of year. You, you're going to have to talk about him as a strong Cy Young candidate. He's what seventeen and three. Is yeah. that the record? Yeah. You know, I mean, think about that. You know, that, that would be almost a slam dunk in any other place in time. But when you've got three guys with Walker and Max, you know, guys are going to take votes from each other, and they also take some, you know, some notoriety away from each other. But I don't think anybody really cares too much about that as much as they do about winning. Uh, all right. What do you know about Chris Taylor? How is he? Um, I don't know. I don't know anything besides what people will watch and, and see. Yeah. And word is that A.J. Pollock's coming back soon. And when he does, because we talked about, and we, we talk about it often since you've been on for the last probably month, Ned, about Cody Bellinger and where he stands. Do you Are you... As as a manager and as a club, do you keep trotting him up there to keep? Hopefully, he breaks out of this because you may need him in the postseason. Or do you start playing other guys a little bit more? Well, I, I think you you do a. I think you continue to give him opportunity. Um, in all the sport, there's always you know the, well they should you know fire this coach, this manager, this GM, uh, move this person out of this position, this and that. Uh, yeah, okay, that's all well and good, but you better have somebody better to replace somebody with. And uh, you know, I don't know that 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 player exists right now. CT gets back to to hitting, and and AJ comes back. You still got three with Mookie. You've got three right-handed hitting outfielders, so you're going to need somebody else to you know to to give them some balance. I think you just got to you got to live with it, and you got to continue to figure out. How to how to help him, and he's got certainly got to figure out how to help himself. But I think you you got to stick with it at this point in time, and and you play. Dave Roberts will play the best players he thinks are can give the team the best chance to win, especially as you get a little bit later in this month and the next month. Nobody's going to play anybody because they're buddies or because they they feel like they're inclined to to give somebody a, a chance over somebody who they think can help them win a game. Uh, that doesn't happen. But again, you're going to have to, you know, it's been a long year for Cody and you're going to have to continue, I think, continue to give him opportunity. And maybe there's a, a place to match him up once in a while where you can, you can say, hey, you know what, he might, he might come out of it against this pitcher. He, you know, he showed signs off and on and then, then he kind of goes backwards a little bit. But until you have somebody definitively be better that can play defense the way he plays defense too and can run the bases, you know, you you gotta you gotta continue to give them chances. You you can't rule somebody out unless you definitively definitively have somebody you know is going to be better. Ned Coletti with us, Fred Rogan, Rodney P. Day in five seventy LA Sports. So I brought this up earlier in the show, Ned, and uh, it's Clayton Kershaw, and he's he's up. Okay, if you're the Dodgers, you're sitting in that chair, and Clayton Kershaw is up after the year. 
What do you do? I mean, I, I don't think you want him to go play somewhere else if he wants to continue to play. But could he price himself out of coming back? It's a it's a possibility. I mean, all all things are possible. I think you know. First off, nobody knows the health of Clayton Kershaw better than Clayton, and the group that probably knows it next deeply to Clayton are the Dodgers. So everybody knows enough to kind of know what what you could do pre- predictably about future health, future effectiveness, things like that. Uh, I don't. I would be surprised to learn that he doesn't want to finish his career in L.A. I would be surprised to learn that the Dodgers don't want him to finish his career in L.A. I think. I think that's a. You know, that's on both sides. That's certainly probably their top priority as far as how this thing would work itself out. Uh, doesn't mean it's going to be that way because you've got other factors involved, including how long and how much. And I think that uh, the injury that he's coming off of really the severity of that and uh, the healing process of that. They've got tremendous medical people in the organization. So, you know, they'll give certainly an opinion to it, but I, I think you, you got to wait to see how it plays out and you got to really probably wait to see what, uh, were the priority of importance as you have a checklist as to what you want, both as an organization and also as a player. What matters to you? How much, how much does finance matter? How much does term matter? How much does familiarity matter? How much does a chance to win matter? I mean, there's, there's a long litany of, of different things that people think about when you get to this, this situation. Now, the, the good news is I think that everybody knows everybody so well that there's, there's, there's that, that piece of it. This isn't, this isn't somebody that was traded here for a couple of months and now he's got to decide if they're staying or not. Uh, no, this is somebody that was 18 years old, drafted out of Highland Park High School in Dallas, and all these years later, you know, he's, he's here. He's never left. So I think that probably bodes well for both sides. But, again, you're going to have a lot of different things you're going to have to think about and, and factor in to it. could be simple. could get complicated. You know, that's, that's – you know, you don't know that until only people who are going to know that are the ones sitting in the room trying to figure it out. Uh, do you have a conversation? Do you have a conversation and say, look, uh, this has been a hell of a run. Uh, we're not going to be able to do this again. Or, you know, we, we just think this is it. Would you cons- I mean, do you even suggest to a player, would you consider retiring? Oh, gosh, I don't think I would do that. Never. Right. <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, not, not certainly not at this stage. You know, if if you, nah, I don't think I, I could ever do that. I think that uh, I don't. I don't think I have the the right to do that. In essence, all right. I think, um, and you know what? Again, whenever you make a decision like that, and something that's definitive like that is, you better be sure you got somebody better. You know, with as. Athletes, tremendous athletes, tremendous managers, coaches, general managers, all up and down. Okay, everybody's going to make mistakes. Everybody's going to be, you know, in in the spotlight from time to time as to bring them back, let her let her go, whatever. But the the other part of it to me is is the most important part. Who's replacing who? Because you know anybody can get fired. We can all fire somebody. Or, or talk about, yeah, I don't like the way this person manages, coaches, plays, pitches, hits, fields. 
better somebody better because the, the talent is not you just can't go to the big you know grocery store and, and go pick it out on, on aisle six you know you gotta you gotta have people who you know are going to be able to compete to be better and and that you improve your club you can't just make moves to make moves especially in this market not everybody can be a dodger there's only so many people in the game of baseball that are really going to be able to be Dodgers with everything that's expected uh, and, and really the culture of the organization, the culture of the city, culture of the fan base. And the expectations here are higher than in most places, believe it or not, because, you know, it's, it's from the outside, it's viewed as a, you know, kind of low key, easy going place. And, and it is to some extent, but not when it comes to competing. And you're, you're held to a high standard. Not everybody can do that. So when you make a move, no matter what, what position it is, uh, rest assured you better have somebody that is as good or better to sit in that seat, no matter what seat it is. All right, Ned. So if you went to aisle six in the grocery store, would you find Hunt's canned tomatoes? Probably iced tea. I'd probably look for some iced tea. Sure. <laughs> always aisle six. Hey, thanks for coming on. Appreciate it as always. All right, guys. <laughs> there goes our buddy, Ned Coletti. And join Petro Somebody tomorrow at Morongo Casino Resort and Spa for a live broadcast starting at 3, pregame Dodger show with Tim Cates. Morongo Casino Resort and Spa, good times, less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Details at AM570, LASports.com. Uh, you know what, Rodney, we're going to do next? First, we have an update on the USC coaching search. And then we're doing the sad sack. Yeah. Mm. And I'm going to enjoy today's sad sack. Oh, boy. Yeah. I mean, that is just sad. (laughs) Sad sack of the day. All right, here we go. Sad sack of the day. This is really well deserved. Look at you. Oh, please. Look at you, all excited. Nobody deserves this more than this man. Uh Uh-oh. You're smiling too much. It must be somebody that I'm going to be happy with. San Diego pitcher you Darvish. Oh! Oh, yeah. The former Dodger allowed eight runs in just four innings last night in the blowout oh. loss to the Giants. Padres have now lost four in a row. They're a half game back of the Reds for second in the NL wild card. Your sad sack of the day. Dodger fans can appreciate this. You Darvish of the Padres. <laughs> you, you're only here for one reason. To win those games, and he gets torched. Takes me back a few years. Oh, Freddie. Let it go, Fred. Let it go. Can't let it go. Can't let that game go at Dodger Stadium. Can't. Nobody was banging on trash cans then. Let it go, Fred. I'll try. (laughs) Uh, Okay. USC coaching search. Now, we're going to hear... The name game. Everybody and their brother will be mentioned for this thing. We know that. Oh, yeah. Because they're not going to make an announcement until after the season. And you have the interim coach. Let's see how he does as well. But it's a name that we touched on yesterday, and this individual said he'd be interested. Eric Bieniemy. Yeah. What do you think? Oh, he'd be great. He'd be great. Um, you know, his, obviously his name has been thrown out there for NFL jobs for the last couple of years for whatever reason hasn't gotten one. Um, but I think he said, and and he, I think he said this over the years too that, you know, certainly being an NFL head coach is what he wants. That's what he you know wants to be and should be one by now. By the way, 
Um, but if he went back to college, the only college he really would consider is coaching at USC. So it could be the perfect opportunity for him to come back. I mean, he grew up here, born, lived here, Bishop Amat High School, I believe it was. And so, yeah, yeah, uh, this would be – and this – that happens for a lot of people, you know, like, okay, I won't go back to college except for one place I would go. I mean, Harbaugh to Michigan. Basically. Yeah. Um, so a lot of guys feel that USC is is, is getting back to being that, that coveted job. Well, let's not get crazy. Oh, it is. It is, Fred. Let's not get just nuts about, here. Just think, we just talked about it. Just think about what they have to do to bring somebody in, how they have to relinquish control and give well, somebody control. Well, that's the point. It's a, for timing-wise – that's the leverage that you has have as a, as a head coach coming in. It's like I get to pick my own staff. I get to do things my way. You guys want to bring it around? Boom. So timing wise, this is the perfect time to be a, a USC head coach. I just hope they don't screw it up. Honestly, I ho- I hope they do not screw it up. Now Mike Bone came in from the outside. Okay, so he's got maybe a little different attitude than mm-hmm. every other athletic director who has been there, who basically was from there. Maybe his attitude will be different, and he will give the control to whoever he hires to operate the football program, and that'll be different as well. This is a really seminal moment for USC. Oh, yeah. You can't afford to punt on this. You can't afford to muff a punt on this. You can't afford to make a mistake. You've got to rebuild one of the powerhouse programs in America. And not only is it important to the alumni and the student body at USC, it's important for West Coast football. It really is. If if they muff this, oh yeah, I agree. They've they've not only screwed themselves, but they've screwed the West Coast. They've got to be powerful. They've got to be dominant. They've got to be the old USC. Yeah, no, I agree. And 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 I'm not just saying that. I know you're not just saying it because I'm sitting here. But people across the country has always said that that when SC is down. The whole West Coast and the Pac-12 is down. No matter who's coming out of it, no matter how good Oregon can be or Washington can be from different years, they need, for the national exposure, need USC to be good. 